morning, everyone, and welcome to today's audio podcast, a sermon teaching from Grace Bible Church of Akron. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of GBC and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope that you will visit our website at gbcakron.org or hit the link in our bio. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a minute to let us know by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. Also, if you would like to support Grace Bible Church, you may do so by visiting gbcakron.org slash giving. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. Uh, as you can tell, Christmas is upon us. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a word, a particular word that we use during the Christmas season uh, that we use it a lot more frequently than we do any other time of the year. It's a four-letter word. Uh, don't say the first four-letter word that comes to your mind. Okay, the word I am talking about is gift. We talk, we start talking about gifts around Thanksgiving. Have you noticed that? And because you know, I think it has something to do with the the Black Friday right after after that, and then we have Cyber Monday, and and then we spend a lot of time on it. You know, it used to be going to the malls and stuff. Now it's it's doing this, looking for gifts and uh, having it delivered to your door. But um, we spend a lot of time thinking about gifts. And, you know, if you were to look into the history of where did gifts come from? Who, I mean, where did this start, this idea of giving gifts at this time of the year? And uh, history tells us that a lot of people point it back to the three wise men when they gave gifts to Jesus as recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, that from that became the practice of giving gifts to each other when we celebrate the birth of Christ. And so we carry on that tradition. But I want you to know that the very first gift that was ever given, the greatest gift, was the gift that God gave us when he sent Jesus to be our Savior. And if it hadn't have been for that gift, we wouldn't have anything to give to each other. We, we wouldn't have anything to celebrate. We wouldn't have anything to, to uh, have joy about. It was God's gift to us that started this trend of being gift givers. 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Talking about Jesus Christ. You know, Christmas, <clears throat> last week we talked about part of, the, of celebrating Christmas is practicing compassion. But there's another part of Christmas that I want us to think about today, and that is that Christmas has a lot to do with being generous. It's a time of year that, that hopefully we start practicing some generosity, maybe, maybe some just generosity that we withheld because we realize God has been so generous to us. And, and so that spurs us to say, hey, you know what, I need to be generous because God was generous to me. Because without him, we wouldn't have anything. You realize that, right? You wouldn't have any good thing in life apart from God. The Bible tells us that all good things come from above. So if there's any good thing in your life, it is because God gave it to you. And he keeps giving, doesn't he? It's not like he stopped. It's not like you reach an age in life where God just says, okay, I've given enough. He just keeps being good to us. He keeps being generous to us. And so that should spur us to be generous. Look at John 1.16. It says, from his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. Do you believe that? 
Yeah. And it just keeps happening. It doesn't stop. Why? Have you ever wondered, why is God so generous? Why, why is it that God is so generous to us? It's not, you have to know, it's, we don't deserve it. Right? I mean, we're not entitled to God's generosity. God gives to us a little bit has to do with what we talked about last week. He has compassion for us. He has mercy for us. So he gives to us. He wants to love us. He wants to be good to us. And so that's part of it. But part of the, his generosity comes from the fact that he wants us to learn to be generous. He wants us to be like him, especially those of us who say that we are followers of Jesus Christ. To be a follower of Jesus Christ means that I am trying to act like God were act, would act in, in my life. If God were me, what would he do in this moment with the people that I'm around, where I go to work, the family that I live with, the neighbors that I have? How would God act towards these people? It's kind of a daunting thought, isn't it? And what he wants us to be is generous because he's generous with us in our life. And I want us to think about that this morning because there is a right way and a wrong way to be generous. We've seen this. Uh, generosity uh, can, can be done in such a way that it benefits people, that it helps people, that it moves them towards knowing God. But we can also be generous in a way that it actually hurts people. And it, in, instead of helping them, it, it, it pulls them away from God. And we're going, to, we're going to talk a little bit about some of that this morning. But before we, we dive into this, uh, generosity is a skill more than a feeling. Okay, if, if you wait to feel generous, chances are good we will be generous in the wrong way. Because generosity is not a feeling. It's a skill and, and an attitude. That, that we take on, that we adopt. Um, and, and so I want us to think about that this morning. Before we, we jump into to the skill of generosity, I want us to talk about why being generous is important. Why is it so important that we be, be generous? And I, I, think there's, uh, I think there's six things I'm going to tell you here, six reasons. We're going to move through this quick because I want to get to the how part instead of the why part. Uh, the why part, if you've been a follower of Christ, if you've been going to church, and I'm about to share six things with you that you already know, and it's just, it's just a reminder. If you're new to following God, if you're watching online and this is new to you, this idea of, of what it means to follow Jesus Christ, what it means to, to, uh, to put our faith and trust in God, then these six reasons as to why we're being generous help us understand what God is trying to do in us and through us and why he wants us to act like him. So why is it important to be generous? First, the first reason, it makes us more like God. When you and I are generous, we're acting more like God would act if he were in our shoes and our circumstances. Psalms uh, 37 verse 21 says, the godly are generous givers. The godly are generous givers. Now, let me, let me throw something in here real quick. In the Old Testament, generosity was measured by a percentage. 
The Old Testament calls that the tithe, 10%. That's how generosity was measured. In the New Testament, generosity is measured by our attitude. Okay? It's actually a higher standard. Percentage is easier. Can I just tell you? Percentage is easy to follow. Attitude's hard to evaluate sometimes. So the standard for New Testament believers is actually higher than it was for Old Testament believers. But here's what I've discovered. Here's what we know. Those who are generous with a percentage tend to have a better attitude. I don't know how that works out like that, but it does. And, and so what, what happens here, what the Bible is telling us, that is that godly people are generous people. It is virtually impossible to be godly and stingy. I'm talking about not just your finances. I'm talking about your lifestyle, your attitude. If you have a stingy attitude with your time, with your talents, with your resources, if you're walking in the world always looking at me and what's for me and how can it, I'm telling you, it is impossible to be godly and stingy at the same time. In fact, if I were to ask you to use words to describe a godly person, we might we might come up with a list of adjectives, but let's talk about what, you know, what does the Bible say a godly person is? Now, one thing we might say about a godly person is that a godly person is a believer. It is someone who believes. And in fact, in the Bible, the word be believe is used 272 times. So that's definitely, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good measurement of someone who's being godly. We might use the word uh, a godly person as a person who prays. And in the Bible, the word prayer is used 371 times. We might use the word love, right? Surely a godly person is a person who loves. And in the Bible, the word love is used 714 times. We might use the word give, would we? Would we use the word give to describe a godly person? Well, the Bible uses the word give 2,162 times. Almost three times more than it uses the word love. Isn't that amazing? It is impossible to be a godly person and stingy at the same time. It's impossible. And so when we're generous, we're actually acting more like God would act. A second reason to be generous is that it is a cure for greed. Generosity is the cure for greed. It's difficult to be generous when we live in a culture that rewards selfishness. But we do. We live in a culture that rewards being selfish instead of rewards being generous. We, look at a, we live in a culture that says it's wise to keep it for yourself instead of to give it away to help someone. That's the culture we live in. And so it makes it difficult to be generous. Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Listen, if you've been in church any amount of time whatsoever, you know that. I know that. But my goodness, it is hard to to live by that because we, we find ourselves in a time 
where we constantly are being taught you need more. And we believe we need more. And in fact, we are terrified we're going to run out. We live with a mentality of scarcity and fear that there's not enough. And it's just another form of greed. Isn't it interesting how it says there's many forms of greed? It comes in many different variations. And Jesus said, watch out, you need to be on guard about that. And the way that we protect ourselves from being greedy is by being generous. It is the cure. It pushes back on it. Proverbs 1, 18, talking about people that, that struggle with this. It says, but these people, talking about selfish people, set an ambush for themselves. In other words, they booby trap their own life. They, they set up traps for their own lives. They set themselves up to fail. Why? They are trying to, they're trying to get themselves killed. Such is the fate of all who are greedy for money. It robs them of life. Isn't that interesting? That, that we live in a time that says if you want a better life, you need more. You need more experiences. You need more stuff. You need more of something to have a better life. But yet the Bible clearly says that if we fall into that trap, if we believe that, we're actually robbing ourselves of life. It's interesting. The only cure for greed is generosity. The only way to push back against being selfish is to become a giver. I can't tell you how important it is that we do this in front of our kids. Because let me tell you something. No one in the world is going to teach your kids and grandkids to be generous except you. They're not going to learn that at school. They're, they're not going to learn it from their neighbors. They're not going to learn it watching TV or YouTube or flipping through their iPhone. No one is going to teach them to be generous. Cherry and I became aware of this uh, when, when our boys were small, and we began to do some intentional things to, to teach generosity to them. And uh, when we lived in California, there was a season in our life where we had, we had extra, you know. We, 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 we had more than, than we usually had. And so uh, to, to impact this, to teach our kids generosity, uh, we started, we would go to restaurants. Now, we didn't do this every time we went out to eat. But there were times that we would go out to eat in a restaurant. And while we were sitting there in the restaurant, I would look at Caleb and Seth, and I would say, okay, guys, let's look around the room here. Who do we want to buy dinner for tonight? And I would let them pick a family. Now, if they chose the party of 20 off in the corner, <laughs> I'd say, oh, anyway, that would be great to be able to do that, but let's be a little more reasonable for where we are. And I, the reason we would do that is because I wanted them to know we are generous. As a family, we are generous. Does that make sense? And so, and so if, if you don't teach that to your kids and your grandkids, no one will teach them that. No one will share with them what it means to be generous if you don't do it in front of them. And so this idea, this is how we cure greed in our life. If you're looking at your kid and you're saying, you're a greedy little kid, teach them generosity. Teach them by showing them, not by making them be generous. That doesn't teach generosity. Making them give their stuff away. Give your stuff away in front of them. That teaches generosity. 
okay? So it also recalibrates our heart. This is the third reason we should be generous. It kind of sets our heart back in the place where it should be. Uh, generosity pulls our heart to what we're giving to, okay? Um, Jesus talked about this in, in Matthew chapter 6. Look at what Jesus said. Do not put away riches for yourselves on earth. Moths and rust can destroy them. Thieves can break in and steal them. Instead, put away riches for yourself in heaven. There, moths and rust do not destroy them. There, thieves do not break in and steal them. And then notice what he says. Your heart will be where your riches are. Where is your heart? Follow the money, people. Our heart always follows the money. That's where our heart is. Our heart is where our treasure is. And, and so if you're looking at your life, if you're looking in the mirror sometime and you're thinking, I don't like myself. I don't, I don't like how I'm behaving. I don't like how I'm thinking. I don't, I don't like what I'm doing. I don't, I don't like the fact that I'm selfish. I don't like the fact that, that, that I'm egotistical. I don't, I don't like this about me. Where's your heart? If you want to change where your heart is, change where you put your treasure. Because generosity recalibrates our heart. It gets our heart moving towards the right things. And that's why it's so important that you and I learn to be generous. The fourth thing that it's important for us to be generous is that it proves and strengthens our faith. Okay? Now, again, if you've been someone who's following Jesus for a while, you know this to be true, that one of the ways that God tests our faith is through our finances. Amen? Yeah. If you follow God any amount of time whatsoever, you know that this is just one way that he tests our faith, and it's through our finances. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 is probably one of the uh, the most famous passages in the Bible about being generous and being a giver. And look at what it, it's built on. It's built on what you and I call uh, the law of the harvest. Okay? So look at 2 Corinthians 9, 6. It says this, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. This is a universal principle. It works in every aspect of life. If you want more of something, you must give what you have of it away. So think about a farmer for just a moment, okay? A farmer who plants a corn of kernel in the ground. Does he get one corn of kernel back? No, that's not a trick question. Okay, he gets what we call a, a, a stalk of corn. A stalk of corn can have anywhere from two to four ears of corn on it. And each ear of corn has approximately 800 kernels in it. One kernel of corn could potentially produce 3,200 kernels of corn. That's exponential. But if the farmer hangs on to all of his kernels, he doesn't get anything back. Does this make sense? The same works, the same principle works in our life. It's the, it's the exact, if you want more of something in your life, 
You've got to first give what you have away. How many of you would like more energy? That's the most participation for any question I've asked ever. <laughs> I mean, hands shot up all over the room. I'm going to tell you a secret to how to get more energy in life. Take the energy you have and give it away in the gym. Give it away walking around a track. Give it away jogging. If you want more energy, we call it exercise. If you exercise, you get more energy back. Right? Am I telling you the truth? And so it's the principle of the universe. It works in everything. How many of you would like more time? Yeah, yeah. That means you have to give away the time you already have. Well, how do you give away time? We call it volunteering. If you want more time, you have to give some of your time away. That sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? But it's the law of the harvest. If we sow sparingly, we reap sparingly. But if we sow generously, we reap generously. How many of you would like more friends? Yeah, so it's not as many hands going up. But I see it. I see you. I see you. I'm going to tell you, this is, this is how you get more friends. You be a friend first. Isn't that true? That's how it works. I'm going to be a friend first. If I'm a friend first to the people around me, what happens? They become my friend. This is the law of the harvest. This, and it works in every area of our life. If you want more of something, you have to give away what you have. That's why it's so important that we be generous. Look at what 2 Corinthians 9 goes on to say in verse 13. You have shown yourselves to be worthy by what you have given. Wow. Wow. It's not just, I mean, this particular passage is talking about finances, but we could, I mean, think about friendship. Think about sharing your faith. Think about sharing love to others. You have shown yourselves to be worthy by what you have given. So people will praise God because you obey him. Think about that. What causes other people to praise God? My obedience. Your obedience. He goes on to say, that proves that you really believe the good news about Christ. You see this? Being generous proves that we really believe the good news about Jesus Christ. That's amazing. That's amazing. They will also praise God because you share freely with them and with everyone else. I read a story one time about a guy that was going to work one day and he on his way to work, he passed a, a homeless person. The same, same, you know, he took the same path of work every day, and every day he, when he was walking to work, he passed by this homeless guy, and he, the guy was always asking for money, and he never gave him any money. But one day, 
One day, the guy was walking by, he was asking for money, and he just felt generous for some reason. He, something had stirred inside of him. Maybe it had been something he heard at church. Maybe it was something he, a song he was singing. That, that, but something stirred inside of him, and he gave this homeless guy $100. The guy was like, no one's ever given me $100. And the guy said, well, you know, good, you know, good luck. Hope things go well. And he went off to work. Well, the next day, he's going to work again. And sure enough, there's the homeless guy in the same place. In the same, and, and the homeless guy sees him coming, and he runs up to him. He runs up to the guy, and he says, look, the $100 you gave me yesterday is not enough. And the guy's like, oh, great, here it comes. And then the homeless guy said, I want you to give me what motivated you to give me $100. That's what happens when we're generous. All we hear about is the people who are milking the system and taking advantage of people. But God says it's different when we give. God says people are moved closer to him by our generosity, not farther away from him. That's why it's so important. That's why it's so important that we be generous. Here's a fifth reason we be generous. It's so uh, that we are blessed when we do it. We are blessed. Do you know that God wants to bless your life? Okay, one person said that. Do you know God wants to bless your life? He does. He wants to bless our life. And the Bible is literally full of promises of how God wants to bless us. Hundreds of promises within God's word. Now listen, we have to practice generosity the right way. All right? There's a condition to those promises. But the truth of the matter is, God wants to bless us. In fact, in January, we're going to do a sermon series on this whole idea of of how can I have God's blessing on my life? How can I have the favor and the smile of God on my life? There's there's these conditions that come with the promises. But but look, let's just look. Here's four promises. We're not going to look at hundreds of promises this morning. We're going to look at four. Deuteronomy 15.10 says, Give generously to them talking about the poor, and do so without a grudging heart. Then, because of this, isn't that interesting? Because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hands to. Do you believe that? I mean, does your checkbook say you believe that? I'm just asking. Psalms 112, verse 5, good will come to those who are generous. Do you believe that? Do you believe that if we're generous, God's actually good to us because we're generous? Proverbs 11, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes the others will be refreshed. That word refreshed means drink to one's fill. We live in a pretty fluid place. We got a lot of water, okay? But in the Middle East, there wasn't a lot of water. And drinking till you were full of water, completely refreshed. Water was scarce. But here the Bible says that we can drink our fill, that we can be blessed. 
if we're generous. Now listen, God's blessings comes in all forms. He blesses us physically, emotionally, health-wise. I mean, there's, there's all, there's, I mean, God's blessings, is not, they're not restricted to just finances. And a lot of times people want to say, well, if I give away money, God's going to give me more money. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that if we're generous, God will bless us. And the blessing is left up to him as to how he wants to bless us. But, but the blessing still comes. And I was, as I was looking at this, I, I came across something. Uh, this, this guy is, is from another generation, but, but he left something that we're all familiar with. His name was Carl Menninger. Carl Menninger started uh, the, the uh, Menninger uh, Clinic, which is one of the leading mental health clinics in the world. And they're, they're in Kansas. And this is what Carl Menninger wrote. He said, after all of our studies, we discovered that generosity is one of the essential components of mental health. We found that generous people are rarely mentally ill. God's blessings come in all kinds of forms. Okay? And so he blesses our life. When we follow him, Proverbs 22 says, the generous will themselves be blessed. For they share their food with the poor. And I listen, I could spend the rest of our time together and into the next service reading promise after promise after promise in God's word, saying that if we will be generous, he will bless us. I'm just not sure we really believe it. The last reason I want to tell you that it's important for us to be generous is that it is an eternal investment. 1 Timothy 6, 18 says it this way, tell them to use their money to do good. So this is Paul writing to Timothy. Timothy was a young pastor, and Paul's giving him some instruction on how to preach God's word. And he tells them, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasures as a, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. When we practice generosity in the name of Jesus, when we practice generosity because we're following Jesus, we are giving away something here but we're making an investment in eternity. Now listen, I don't know. I, we have very poor imaginations about heaven and what it's going to be like and how it's going to be when we get there. But, but listen, I, all I know to tell you is heaven's not the same for everybody. There are some people who have made greater investments on earth and heaven will just be sweeter for them. It's going to be sweet for everybody but it's not going to be the same for everybody. And that's what Paul is alluding to when he's telling Timothy here. He's like, and so listen, it's the idea of shifting. It's the idea of delayed gratification. Where do you want your best life? Do you want it here on earth or do you want it in eternity? Where do you want your best life? That's what Paul is talking about. And so when you and I practice generosity in the name of Jesus Christ, 
We are making an investment in our eternity. We're storing up treasure in another place. Okay? This is why it's so important that you and I practice generosity, these six reasons. But now I want to spend the rest of our time talking about how to be generous. Because if I had to guess, most of us sitting here in the room and watching online, really, we don't struggle with why we should do it, right? I'm I'm thinking we all kind of agree that we should be generous. We know this, and we understand why, because the Bible teaches us to. Where, Where it gets confusing is how. How do I be generous? What is the godly way to be generous? And honestly, I don't have enough time this morning to cover all the principles of how we be generous. But if you really want to do a deep dive on this, you want to sign up for Financial Peace University. Because there you will go through a 12-week course where it will talk to you about how to be generous, how to become a generous person in a responsible, godly way. But let me, let me tell you in five minutes what I've learned, the best that I know how, on how to be a generous person. You see, generosity, it's not just an attitude. It's part of it. We've got to have an attitude of generosity, but generosity is also a skill. There's a way to be generous. And the Bible teaches us this and shows us how to do this. If we're going to talk about how to learn to be generous, the first thing that you and I need to understand is that it is never about the amount. It is always about the eagerness. Being a generous person has nothing to do with the amount that we give away. It has to do with our eagerness to be generous. If we're eager to be generous, God is always pleased with the amount that we give. That's how this works. And so we we need to think about it in these terms. Look at what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly. That word eagerly, it means zeal. It means you're passionate about it. You want to do this. You are eager to be a part of the solution of whatever it is you're giving to. He says, whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly. And give, look at this, and give according to what you have, not what you don't have. Now, let me tell you a terrible way to be generous. A terrible way to be generous is to give away so much that the people who depend on you are hurt because you gave it away. You know what we, a a good example, a really negative example of this is like someone who gambles, okay? They literally are giving their money away, okay? They're giving their money away, but they're giving it away, a person who has trouble, they don't know when to stop, they don't know how to stop gambling. They give away at the expense of the people who are depending on them, all right? God's never called us to be generous like that. Okay? Notice notice what God's Word says. Give according to what you have, 
not what you don't have. Of course, I don't mean your giving should make life easy for others and hard for yourselves. Isn't that interesting that the Bible says that? God, the, the Bible's not saying that, that we should give to the point that someone else can take it easy and now my life's hard. That, that's not the type of generosity that, that God is talking about. He goes on to say, I only mean that there should be some equality to the giving. So, so he's saying, listen, we, we're going to run into people in life who have less than we have. Do we love them? Do we care about them? Do we want them to know God? Do we want them to hear about Jesus? One way to open that door is through being generous to them. Not just a cold handout. Sometimes a cold handout is what we do. That's okay. God can use that. But if we practice generosity, if it becomes a lifestyle, not just a seasonal event that we do from Thanksgiving to December the 25th, if generosity becomes a lifestyle, then that opens doors for us to share with others why we're being generous. And God never expects us to be generous to the point that, that we don't have what we need. But that's the problem. That's a whole other sermon about what we need and what we want. What we need and can we trust God to provide. That's, that's a whole other sermon. But I remember one time, uh, again, this happened when, when uh, Caleb was small. The church I was pastoring at that time, we did a special offering one year uh, for world hunger. And they gave out these little rice bowls uh, that, were, that were piggy banks. And they gave them to all the children, and they, and they asked the children to fill up the piggy bank. For the next couple of weeks, put, put your extra change inside. This is back when people used coins. And, and you know, they, they would put their change in this rice bowl, and then you would bring it back one day, and it was an offering to, to world hunger. And I remember Caleb came home that day, and, and uh, he had, a, he had a, uh, a Scooby-Doo piggy bank in his room. And he went to that Scooby-Doo piggy bank and he completely emptied it. He poured it out on the floor and he put every bit of it into the hunger bowl, the rice hunger bowl. And I remember kind of looking at him and saying, hey, son, you don't, you don't have to give everything. What happens to us as we get older? He was eager to give. I wasn't even eager for him to give. And he put it all in there. He said, why wouldn't I give it all? I have everything I need. Wow. The reason he could be so generous is because he knew his parents would take care of him. Kind of works the same way with us and our Heavenly Father. Do you know he will take care of you. And if you doubt that, you're afraid to give. God, I want to give, but I can't give because I don't have enough. God, I, I want to give, but I can't give because what, what if? But if you know, if you know he's going to take care of you, then it's okay to be generous.
That's part of it. That's what it means to be eager, to jump in, because we lose our eagerness. We lose it along the way. There's something else we need to know about generosity, true generosity. What is it? The Bible tells us how to do this. Look at 2 Corinthians, again, chapter 9. It says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. I'll come back and talk about that in just a moment. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered So there's three principles about how we are generous. The first is that we are to be thoughtful when we are being generous. In other words, look, there's two ways to be generous. There's planned generosity, and then there is uh, just sporadic generosity. God uses both, and I would say you and I as followers of Jesus should practice both. I don't have the time this morning to lay out how all of this works. But basically, every follower of Christ, I would recommend that they have planned generosity within their budget. That they are planning how much they're going to give away to the Lord, whatever that looks like. Okay? And it's thoughtful. They think this through. They've thought about how they want to do it and why they want to do it. It's planned. And then you have moments where you have sporadic generosity where a special need pops up or something comes up in life and you want to be generous and give to that. It doesn't impact what you've planned to give away because it's extra. And you say, well, my gosh, Carrie, how do you do that? Simple formula, learn to live off 80% of what you make. Learn to live off 80%. You say, well, what about the other 20%? 10%, I encourage you to make that your planned generosity. You put 10% of planned generosity into your budget, and then you take the other 10% and you put it into savings. And savings is there for when major things break and when God says, hey, I want you to give to this. All right, that's as simple as I know to make it. But it's thoughtful. It's, it's not, I'm, just, I'm not just waiting for something to make my quiver, my, my liver quiver. You know, I, I, I need... I've planned this money. I have specifically set money aside to give to the Lord. And I have money available so that if something happens in life and I want to give extra, then then God has, has allowed me to have extra to give. It's that simple for me. I've practiced it for decades in my life. It's that simple. And, and it's thoughtful. It's not, it's not just dependent upon your feelings and your emotions. Sometimes, especially inside the church, we begin to look and think about how much do people give? Do you ever think about that? <laughs> Everybody's afraid to say yes or no. You ever think, what do people give at church? Well, they just came out. After the pandemic, the first 
large study of what people give at church. The national average forgiving of people who regularly attend church annually, they give just over $2,000 a year to their church. So I want you to know this is accurate for Grace Bible Church. The average person who attends Grace Bible Church on a regular basis annually gives just over $2,000 to the work of the Lord at Grace Bible Church. Now, I want you to look on your bulletin. Go ahead, take your bulletin and look at it. On the back of the bulletin, down at the bottom, it says financial update. You see that? I want you to see we are in the black, okay? So I am not talking about this because we are behind. We are not behind. God has been very gracious and good to Grace Bible Church. But I'm telling you, we're at national average. And so we're at the end of the year. This is what I challenge you to do. I challenge you to go home and look. How much money did you give to the Lord here at Grace Bible Church? Those watching online, those sitting in the room, how much did you do? And if you, if you land around that 2,000 mark, you're average. Unless you only made $20,000 in 2023. If you only made $20,000 in 2023, you're exceptional. You're exceptional. I'm just pointing out, all of us one day must stand before the Lord to give an account. You, do, you don't have to give 10%. You do whatever you want to do. But one day, we must all stand before the Lord. And we got to thoughtfully think this through. Not just work off the urgency of a need. Okay? So this is how we learn the skill of generosity. We be thoughtful about it. But secondly, it must be voluntary. That's what this verse is talking about. He specifically says, um, don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Now, listen to me very carefully. If you're sitting here in this room and if you're watching online, if you don't hear anything else I say, hear what I'm about to say right now. If you think I'm pressuring you to give right now, don't give anything. Don't want it. Because the Bible specifically says that if someone is pressuring you to give and you feel pressure to give, you should not give. So you're off the hook. If you feel pressured, keep it until you don't feel pressured. Okay? And, and, and so these things that we have, these things that go on in the world where, where there's, there's these campaigns or these commercials or these, these plugs and drives, listen, all of these things are necessary in the world. But if you're attending one of those things, watching one of those things, and somehow you feel, and listen, you know when someone's pressuring you to do something. And if you feel that pressure, the Bible says you are off the hook. You are off the hook. You don't have to give until it is communicated in a way that it connects with your walk with the Lord. But something should be connecting. If everything feels like it's a pressure to you, 
something's wrong inside here. Not with the people that are asking. Okay? This is how we learn to be generous. Last, it should be cheerful. He said, well, how much should I give? If I'm not required to give 10%, how much should I give? Till you can't smile. That's when you stop. That's, it's that easy. If you're online and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to give to something. I'm going to give to my church or I'm going to give to some organization. I'm going to give. And, and, and you, you're gonna, you start with $50. And I, I feel good about 50 Add a zero. 500 Oh, wait a minute. Okay, back it up. Back the pony up. Give, give till you can't smile. But here's, here's the thing. You have to remember the whole principle. Think, think again of Caleb who was in the place of giving everything. All right? What's the place? We give to the point that we think God can't take care of us. That's, that's what it boils down to. And that is something that we have to think through on a regular basis. Not, not just, I, I set an amount back in 1998, and that's what I've done since then. Or I set an amount in 2007, and that's what I've done since then. That's not thoughtful. That's not voluntary. That's not cheerful. This is how we learn to become generous. Because I'm telling you, God has been generous to us. And he is still generous to us. And if we want to be like him, then we have to be willing to be generous too. Stephen's going to come and he's going to close our service. But as he makes his way up, I just want to pray for us. I want to thank those that have been watching online. Thank you for joining us. I'm going to pray for us. And then Stephen will be here. I want to say amen. Father, your word speaks to us very practically about being generous. Father, I realize that there's all kinds of different motivations that people may question or or think about, Lord, when it comes to this idea of being a generous person. But Lord, ultimately, ultimately, our generosity is a reflection of our trust in you. And our trust should be growing. Not all of us are in the same place in our walk with you. But all of us should be walking in the same vein. So Lord, help us with this. It is... It is so easy to be greedy and selfish. It is so easy to be afraid to be generous. But Lord, we are your people. You are our God and our Father. So show us what we need to do. Show us how we can be more like you. Father, we pray it in Jesus' name.